0: On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headphones, hopefully with some kind of device attached to it. I was without my musical device for approximately three days. It was a harrowing time. I don't know how I survived. But I did, and I'm here and talking with you all on Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews. Yes, I'm still alive. I I have survived the the end of the Blue Jays season. Took a took a couple days off to work on some personal stuff, but I can confirm that we are back here for your October needs, your November needs, December. However long you need to hear talk about baseball and your Blue Jays, we will be here giving it to you. Today, we're going to talk about some names that popped up for the managerial opening that Sportsnet reported on via Ken Rosenthal. And later on, we're going to discuss the playoff picture as it is right now. and. We'll discuss who I want to win, who I think Blue Jays fans should be rooting for. I know we talked about who they were going to root for on a fan Friday uh, last month. So we'll we'll go through now that we have a final eight and see where allegiances lie, I think. But we are going to talk about the final Blue Jays game. That was played the 9-4 loss to Tampa Bay on Sunday. That marked the unofficial managerial debut of Russell Martin. John Gibbons giving his catcher the reins for the final game of the season against Tampa Bay. And let's just say it, it was interesting. I can't really fault Russell Martin for how things went down. And that 9-4 loss, it was just, it was not a a good Blue Jays performance to end the season. Let's just say it like that. I mean, you know, it's a final game of 162. You're kind of just getting out of there. But there were some interesting things that Russell Martin did in that game. And we can start with the decision to bat Kevin Pillar leadoff, which, I mean, it's... It's not something I think a lot of fans would have done, but Kevin Pilar actually acquitted himself well in the leadoff slot in that game, uh going three for three with a run in an RBI scored. He was he was the majority of the Blue Jays offense on that day, and that it's interesting given how I think the Blue Jays had given up on Kevin Pilar as a leadoff man, and you know, He's the fastest player on the team, which isn't saying a lot. It was the most consistent source of speed throughout the season, but just the on base wasn't there. But he he performed when he needed to in that final game. Just was not getting a lot of help behind him. A lot of a lot of the Blue Jays had a rough final day. Rowdy Telez continued to hit, but. Other than that, it was just not not a fun game to watch, which, again, if if that's serving as Russell Martin's audition for the Open manager job, I'm not sure that's going to get it done. I, I don't think Russell Martin actually wants that job. I'm pretty sure that he wants to continue playing, and I'm pretty sure he will continue playing next season, but... Yeah, it it was also kind of disappointing because uh, initially it was thought that Marco Estrada would be starting that final game, which would be fitting, you know, one of the last links of the playoff games to start that. Instead, it was revealed Marco was done for the season, was having back issues, just a continuance of, of what he had during the season, and instead Sam Gavilio got the start, which that is appropriate. But Sam Cofielio closes out this season. Just it, it was a disappointing pitching performance from the Blue Jays. There, Cofielio gets to go to three to ten. So yay, he's a ten-game loser at the major league level. But the Rays were just running all over him. is a very methodical pitcher, very very deliberate, very slow, and they got like four stolen bases off him, which is just going to compound all those hits and turn them into runs, which the Rays were able to do very effectively in that final game. They were able to do effectively all series on the Blue Jays, which is something that it it is going to have to be worked upon with this younger staff and with the catchers as well. I know Reese McGuire is is young and still learning at the major league level but you have to be able to work with the pitcher maybe set up some quick pitches some pitch outs to try and deter the the runners from just kind of having free will and just taking whatever base they wanted because that's what they did a lot sometimes without a throw which you can't be allowing that on a regular basis I know it's late in the season but you still have to assert yourself and and make sure a team knows it can't run on it. So that was that was disappointing as well. I'm um, just a, just appropriate. It's appropriate end <laughs> for for the Blue Jays season in front of 13,000 in Tropicana Field. Really worthwhile keeping Tampa Bay in the fold MLB. But you know, it it was a bright spot for John Birdie getting continuous MLB action, had a triple in that finale. So he ends with a 2.67 ERA, which, Hey, that's respectable. If nothing else. John birdie gets to have that going forward. He, he might've parlayed this into something else next year. I don't think it'll be with the blue Jays, but I, again, was just happy to see John birdie get that kind of reward for the years of service that he put in as a member of the blue Jays. And, you know, it, um, It was interesting that Teoscar Hernandez was the DH in that that Russell Martin game, something that was commented on in the Jays from the Couch Slack, that at least Russell knows that Teoscar is permanently a DH. Again, it's going to be interesting going forward what they do with him, and we can't really say anything until the offseason kicks off and we see what the plan Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro have in store for this team. The outfield is going to get a long look. I think they've pinpointed who they want in there. It's just a matter of actually getting the pieces shifted into the right spots and getting that prepared for the team going forward. So we'll that's that's gonna be one of the things we're gonna talk about on Locked On jays going forward. And again, it's going to be in this kind of format. It's gonna be a couple episodes a week. It's not gonna be daily. I'm sorry. I I'm just one person I cannot generate that many topics but yeah going forward it's going to be a couple times probably more spaced evenly through the week but I'll, I'll try and make sure I keep Fridays available so we can have our fan Fridays if you guys want to talk to me if you want to ask any Blue Jays questions if you want to ask any Major League Baseball questions feel free to do so we will do our best here at Locked on Jays to answer them for you the fans. And we're gonna we're probably gonna have more interviews as well going forward. Cause I I kinda got away from it in the in the last bit of the season. You know, just you don't wanna bring in more company on that misery. So I think you're gonna see some more familiar faces and hopefully some new faces as well. I'm working on reaching out to some people to hopefully get them onto the podcast to share knowledge and wisdom with you, the fans. We're going to share some knowledge and wisdom about the list of names that Ken Rosenthal released for the Blue Jays managerial position right after this. All right. So there were a long, there was a long list of names thrown out for Blue Jays jobs next year and like in addition to the to the familiar odds that were thrown out at the start of the managerial hiring season um your DeMarlo Hales, John Farrell, Eric Wedge um you know more establishing there were a lot of names that would get like first cracks at the Blue Jays job It would be their first MLB managerial job a lot of those names thrown out and we will start with Ken Rosenthal's uh pair of tweets from earlier today stating that among names Blue Jays are likely to consider for manager Eric Wedge shock John McDonald the former Cleveland and Toronto infielder who's always been that kind of clubhouse kind of guy he kind of Follows a similar mold to Alex Cora and Gabe Kapler getting hired in recent years. Just guys who were good in the clubhouse and are going to be relying more on the front office for like analytics and stuff, as opposed to you know using guile akin to John Gibbons. But I mean I mean that's that's a trend. David Bell came up. He's another former Cleveland player. Used to be a third baseman would have an instant rivalry with Aaron Boone in regards to that third generation major league baseball player kind of connection. The bells and the boons, obviously long time baseball families as are the Alomar. Sandy Alomar jr. Was mentioned, which we've been touting on this podcast before. He's a former catcher. He's bilingual has ties with that Cleveland organization. And See, seems like a guy who could fit that Joe Girardi kind of mold. Just come in and, and, you know, have have the experience calling the game, have the experience, you know, deciding strategy that could help in managing a young team like that. Uh, Stubby Clapp, who John Gibbons mentioned in his exit press conference, getting a lot of buzz, a lot of, you know, uh, Favorable reviews for his work with the Memphis Redbirds, uh, the AAA affiliate of St. Louis. He's won two straight Manager of the Year awards there. He's a former Canadian national team player, so you get the Canadian connection in there, which is always fun. And Clapp, unlike a lot of these guys, does have the experience in that Clapp you know, as we said, has has proof that he can do it at a Triple A level and is young enough to kind of learn with this team going forward. So Stubby Clap's a name that I think would be very well regarded by the Blue Jays fan base and is highly regarded within the organization. Uh, Ken Rosenthal also mentioned Dave Valley. He's a analyst with MLB Network. He's a former major league catcher. I'm, I'm not a fan of getting former analysts there. I mean, it hasn't hurt Aaron Boone, I guess, but you you don't really want to go that route. I mean, Buck Martinez was brought in before. How did that work out for the Blue Jays? I don't think that worked very well at all. And then uh Shida Vita rep- reported earlier this week that there were a bunch of other names. Alomar Jr. was on that list, but Davidi also included uh, Rocco Baldelli, the former Rays outfielder, who's their field coordinator, I guess, handling their shifts. Derek Shelton, who's the bench coach for the Minnesota Twins, was with the Blue Jays the year before. Chris Woodward, familiar name to Blue Jays fans, a former shortstop, is currently the third base coach for the Dodgers. Uh, Joe Espada, who's Houston's bench coach, which, I, I mean, that's, that's a logical route to go forward with. Rob Thompson, another former Canadian bench coach with the Phillies, and Matt Quartaro, who is the raised third base coach. So the, the Shapiro Atkins regime is casting a very wide net in trying to find uh, proper candidates for this job. And the important thing to remember with this is it, it could not just be for managerial positions. They could easily be looking to fill other spots. And, you know, Alomar is a guy we talked about, about his manager position, but third base coaches like Woodward, Kataro, um, bench coaches like Thompson and Spada. It, it's clear that they see everyone on that staff as vulnerable. I think there's going to be even more turnover than just John Gibbons leaving. And we're going to see a lot of new faces on that staff. As we said, I think in in my interactions with Blue Jays' Twitter, only Tim Leeper and Pete Walker, I think, were the only ones who were considered, like, keepable by the club. I'd, I'd talk about DeMarlo Hale, but the Blue Jays have already said they're going to let the current staff look for other positions. So... In casting this kind of net, they're not just looking for a manager, they're also looking to fill those positions as well. And if they can get a guy um like a Rocco Baldelli in the fold or or um a Rob Thompson, you know, guys from organizations that have had a bit of success with younger players, that'll only serve the Blue Jays well moving forward as they get their own young young stars up there and get them acclimatized to the major league level. So it, it's interesting that they're going so wide with this. I think as the postseason whittles down, you'll start to, you know, see a funneling of the names. Again, Clap, McDonald, Wedge—they've been there for months. I like Alomar. I hope he's in in the running late there. And as long as it's not John Farrell, that <laughs> that would be the main thing. We don't want no John Farrell reunion uh, in Toronto. So that's one of the topics we'll be looking at going forward. But as I said, we're also going to expand a little bit, talk about Major League Baseball on a broader level, and we're going to do that with the unofficial Locked on Jays playoff preview right after this break. Okay, so the Field of Eight is now set. Despite everyone outside of New York wishing it would not be so, Sadly, Liam Hendricks has proven not to be a capable postseason starter for any team as Oakland got knocked out by the Yankees 7-2. It was a bold gambit from Oakland manager Bob Melvin to go full bullpen in that game. I mean, it's why they acquired all those arms. It's why they got Sean Kelly. It's why they got domestic abuser Juris Familia. But, <laughs> any first of all, Liam Hendricks, who, you know, first Australian to start a playoff game. Good for you, Liam. Not going to be how you want to remember it, especially considering you were designated for assignment in June. And then, not not even trying to find a length in that pen. Like, I know... I know Oakland had to churn through starters a lot because of the injuries, and you don't know what shape Brett Anderson is, Trevor Cahill, Mike Fires, any of those guys in a one game situation. Like I if Sean Mania was healthy, I I think there'd be no question Oakland would have gone with Sean Mania, but you you relied on relievers far past What they were supposed to do. You relied on Fernando Rodney in the postseason. That was not wise. And then running Blake Trinan out there, their all-star closer, for 42, 43 pitches. Like, you can only weave spells for so long before you get tired out. And the Witch just did not have it. Giancarlo Stanton absolutely crucifying that ball into left field to really put the dagger in the heart of Oakland, it it, it just struck me as not... As, as taking the the bullpen game to the extreme. And it's it's disappointing. And it's going to continue in this postseason. Milwaukee already confirmed that Brandon Woodruff is going to start today's game against Colorado, their opener, which... <laughs> the Colorado-Chicago game. I... Again, I know I have Cubs fans listening to this. It, it was just too much this year between Addison Russell and David Murphy. And then news coming out that the Checkets had given money to put Brett Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. Just too much. Too much bad juju. He could not have that for the Cubs. So, sorry. Tony Walters. His rodeo party's on. So... Colorado, I'm I'm hoping they're rested. I hope they got plenty of sleep after that one. I was up late watching the end of it, but yeah. So that that brings a question: What is going to happen with this postseason? Taking taking all the heart out of it. What do I think is going to happen in this postseason? I I'm I'm sorry, Colorado. I I think. It's going to be very difficult to overcome just that kind of effort put forward by that wildcard game. I know you did it before, but it's going to be tough. I think Milwaukee takes out Colorado in four games. I think that Los Angeles, because they've been there before they eliminate Atlanta in five, Atlanta's got a lot of starting pitching to throw at them, but they're not, LA's not even going with Kershaw in game one. They're going Hyunjin Ryu and their their lineup is deeper, they have more experience. I I like Atlanta getting this taste of it, but I think Atlanta's time is coming in the next year or so. So I think Los Angeles takes Atlanta out. Cleveland I'm I'm sorry that bullpen is just brutal. And I think Houston's going to feast on it. I'm I'm picking Houston in 3 let's let's face it, Tampa Bay almost had a better record than Cleveland, and they didn't even get a sniff of this and then the Yankees in Boston it's going to be a fun hate watch series just um i've I've already had interactions with fans just asking me if both teams can lose i'm um, i i i I know what I'd like to do in that instance. And I think I may actually have something coming up on Jays from the couch. If you're following me on Twitter, which if you're not just hang on for a minute or so, there's, there's an idea that came out of that discussion last night that I kind of want to elaborate on just because it's a fun kind of mental exercise, especially when your team's not in the playoffs, just, just a fun kind of Frankenstein thing that might actually talk about more tomorrow. So I do think Boston's going to eliminate the Yankees. I think they'll do it. I don't think they'll do it in Yankee Stadium. I think it'll take five to get it back to Fenway Park, but I think Boston takes out the Yankees. So Boston and Houston, and then Milwaukee and Los Angeles. Kind kind of on track for a rematch. I'm 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 actually gonna stop there. I I'll just give you this round's picks. I'll sit back, we'll enjoy the baseball And we will look forward to seeing what happens through the divisional series and heading into the championship series. But for now, that brings us to the end of today's episode of Locked On Blue Jays. Like I said, kind of a a laid-back, kind of tone-setting episode. Going to have more stuff to talk about tomorrow. Like uh, Like I said, we're going to... Uh, kind of start encapsulating the entire season for Toronto and, and sprinkle in the the playoff talk as we just did there. So, again, if you have any questions, comments, want to get involved with the show, uh, send me a tweet at neoac18. That's neoac18. Uh, follow the podcast at Locked on Jays. Make sure you don't miss an episode. And... Yeah, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. However you get your podcast, make sure you are locked on the Locked On Jays podcast so you get all your baseball knowledge because we're, like I said, we're branching out. We're spreading our wings. Going to talk more about the other teams. So I hope you'll tune into this podcast and get your daily dose of baseball knowledge at least a couple times a week going forward. But... For everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Blue Jays, I've been Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.